Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com forward slash SLM and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. Download a title free and start listening. It's that easy. Go to audibletrial.com forward slash SLM and get started now. Welcome back to Since We Loud Radio. This is Brandon, and I am joined by Carl. Carl, how's it going? Wow, it's been a while. It has, yeah. Uh, sorry to all of our listeners out there. Uh, there's been a whole lot of stuff going on, including uh, travel and blizzards and more travel and, you know, that kind of stuff. But we're back here in studio. Yes, we are. And uh, I am happy to be back. It is nice. Considering how the trip to Colorado went for myself and, uh, well, let me, let me just put it this way. There are people that went to Colorado that had a more difficult time than I, right? Especially, you know, with a, with a trip and everything and, and J-Mac going and everybody. Uh, however, it seemed like as, as the representative of Sensibly Loud Radio in in like the greater uh, Vale area, that was something that was very difficult for me to get away from was like the actual pull of all kinds of mess. We had travel issues getting in there. Um, you know, we, we got diverted back to, we're about to land uh, all the way in Vale, you know, Eagle Mountain, I'm sorry, Eagle, it's not Eagle Mountain, that's in Texas, Eagle, uh, Eagle County. And we were about to land. The, there's snow everywhere. Uh, they were having like avalanche warnings and stuff. Uh, there was, you know, thick fog covering the tarmac, and we were coming down for a landing. and And, and it got to the point where I think we were probably like a gnat's ass away from from finally touching down. And then they immediately pulled up because if you're familiar with that airport, it's you know more or less got like three sides surrounded by mountains, right? Mm-hmm. So they immediately pulled up, and we went from about uh, you know 1,500 feet to about you know I don't know 4,000, and uh, and then went from uh, I'm sorry, that's BS because I'm I'm thinking of Dallas. Oh height. yeah. Um, no, we so we, we multiply I, we, it by two. Yeah, exactly. We we gained quite a bit of altitude very quickly, and uh, we also went from about 150. That was I mean, that's what it was. It was 150 miles an hour to about 400 miles an hour, like the blink of an eye. <laughs> so we were like in the back of our seats, you know, like you know, I've got a piss. Uh, you got a baby in the back that's freaking out. I don't know what it is with me and babies, but uh, <laughs> that's but yeah, it happens to me too. It's either but that it was, or dogs. Yeah, that are dogs. Uh, that. Maybe the baby needs an emotional support dog. They may like, like cancel each other out. Yeah, maybe. But uh, but I was it was insane. We we got uh, diverted back to Denver, where we stayed the night, and uh, you know we made the best of a bad situation. Where my friend Robert and my you know mountain girlfriend and I, and we went to a brewery that was there. Which if you've ever tried to call an Uber in the middle of a blizzard, it's difficult. <laughs> I don't know, have you, I'd be like, I, you don't have to do that in Dallas, you know, maybe right. it's like raining really hard. Maybe like trees are falling down. Well, I'm you know? sure some Dallas people do. They're like, Oh, it's a little bit of ice. And it's like a small little, like, you know, nanometer of a sheet of ice that's going to melt in like five seconds. And Oh, I don't want to drive. Got your 2000 foot of camera dancing around. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, it was very interesting. So, you know, we went to this brewery and everything and, and we, uh, we had, we had the best time that we could have under the circumstances, uh, believe it or not, United actually took care of us and, uh, on our way back, you know, you can't find, uh, Uber to save your life. I ended up getting an Uber black cause it was the only one that was in the area. So I think I was, I think it ended up being something like $4 a, a minute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> That's, uh, yeah, I think we were in the car. We asked him like, you know, how much would it cost to get a, 
an Uber to Vail. And, and he was just like, I think it's, you know what? Don't ask me, just put it in the app. Like, you know, like it's, it's going to be so much that it's going to make you cry. The roads were closed. Um, you know, we finally, that, that wasn't the worst part. Uh, Jimmy Midtown was caught on the road going to Vail because he drove from Denver. I heard about this. And he, you know, they rented this like monster car because, you know, you had to, you know, they wanted someone with four wheel drive that would survive. And so he like was the, doing that. the vehicle that was used to hunt trimmers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no, he was in the Canyon arrow and, uh, and they were, they were driving on, uh, I think it's I 70, you know, and they're trying to try to get out of there. I mean, there's, uh, there's blizzard warnings and stuff. And they had like the, uh, you know, avalanche warnings. They had the roads closing, uh, behind them. I think it took them eight hours to go make a two and a half hour drive. And uh, by the time they were done, I think they both actually were considering eating each other. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I mean, they had McDonald's in the car. Apparently, that was their saving grace ah, was gotcha. to buy more McDonald's than they thought they needed, which, um, oh, boy, that's a sentence to unpack. But the uh, <laughs> the main thing is they had a clearly a worse a worse time getting there than we did. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, on the way back, the Uber black driver, um, he uh, he was like, "Oh, hey, you know, uh, he was he. I don't know where he was from, but he was very adamant on uh, my girlfriend being a good girlfriend and staying home and cooking and giving birth." <laughs> so, how old was um, this dude? Yeah, I, well, I I don't know. Um, oh. I guess too old. I don't know. I mean, yeah. it was not. It didn't go well. Uh, well, I mean, about, it would about as well as expected. I think that she was like about to fall asleep anyway, uh, after trying to travel that far. So, um, I, I don't think I, any of us had the fight left at them to get into some kind of like cultural debate. Yeah, yeah. So we were ready to go, but, uh, but yeah, we made it home. Or I'm sorry. We made it to the hotel and, and survived and, uh, made it in the next day. So that was one travel day down and, you know, the next day we, uh, we ended up taking a sleigh ride which was, you know, the only actual vacation that any of us actually got, um, you know, in the mountain household because uh, sleigh ride being very cool, uh, led by a very badass person who uh, apparently uh, when she's not doing sleigh rides, she does mountain lion hunts. So, you know, uh, I don't know, like I, I pit her against my Uber driver any day of the week, but uh, we ended up, taking a sleigh ride and it was a lot of fun. Right. And the next day, um, you know, mountain girlfriend had like thrown out a rib, you know, already, like when she got to, you know, got to veil and everything. And that was, she was in a lot of pain. And then she's, you know, she ends up getting uh, a viral infection man, and the viral infection keeps her in bed for the rest of the trip. And, uh, so we got one day of vacation. Uh, you know, that's not a very, that's that's not a good return on investment. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> but as per usual, San Bino, uh, excellent host, and uh, and everybody had a really really great time. Uh, it just was not the uh, restorative vacation that we had bargained for. So, uh, you know, it it can go without saying that when I got back, I was a little angsty. Uh, and, and we did not record while we were there, even though we talked about recording every single day and then something always stopped it from happening. Yeah. So, uh, that was, that was brutal. Um, but how was, uh, how was your end of not actually being anywhere, uh, near Colorado and, and escaping <laughs> that weird situation? You were in Arkansas? Yeah. Uh, couple weekends ago now, uh, I guess it was a couple weekends ago, uh, I was in North Little Rock for my grandmother's 85th birthday. And uh, she's 85, but she's still just as witty as she was in her 40s and 50s and um, just real funny. And my grandfather's 87, but, you know, he's kind of slowing down a little bit. Um, but they've been in the same house since the 70s. And, you know, so it was, it was great to see them. And I, it was kind of a surprise I was going up there. So I left my vehicle at the uh, Dallas Love Field Airport, which is only like, 
you know, certain garage, uh, I think it was only like nine bucks a, a night, which is nothing compared to That's nothing. Yeah. Uh, because the plan was I was going to ride up there with my parents and I took a, a PTO day on a Friday road up there, which was, you know, a whole blast of fun. Let me tell you, uh, yeah. five and a half hours with my parents, but you know, could be worse. <laughs> could be worse. Uh, certainly could. Yeah. So, you know, we listened to some different music and stuff on the way, but yeah, the plan was to, for me to go up there and kind of surprise her and everything was really great. And, you know, stayed at a hotel, uh, just about like 10 minutes South of there. So it wasn't too bad. And, uh, flew back, uh, that Sunday, um, which is much better flying back on a 40 minute flight than uh, five and a half hours in a vehicle with your parents. So, uh, all in all, it was, a a really good trip. I'm glad I went and got to see a lot of family members I hadn't seen in probably 20, 21 years. So they didn't really recognize me. Um, yeah. That and they're like, Oh, we feel like you've gotten so much taller. And sadly, I think they've just shrunken a little bit, but, uh, oh, no. yeah. So I didn't say anything, but I was like, yeah, I guess so. I don't know. But, um, uh, <laughs> but then again, 21 years ago, I guess maybe I have a little bit. Um, uh, so yeah, it was, it was good to see them. Um, but you know, after I got back, I did catch up with, J Mac right after he flew back in and he told me just about like how the trip went and it was so much snow from that storm that there was no skiing that happened whatsoever and he sent me a video that I think was on Barstool Sports and it was just lines and lines and lines of people just waiting to get on a ski lift and I'm like yep yeah screw that it was like 50 foot wide and like wrapping around the entire complex <laughs> that's ridiculous it was insane it's not even I, like that's it. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. Like, if I'm going to rent ski equipment, like, I'm going to get something out of it. I'm not going to stand in a line for, you know, four hours while I'm trying to get up on the slopes. But, uh, yeah, that's that's not going to happen. Yeah, so... so what, what, oh, go ahead. What kind of, what kind of music uh, did you and your parents listen to on the way there? Was it, like, Billie Eilish? <laughs> no. Uh, on, on the way there, you know, my dad, he has, like, a serious XM, so he's always putting on, like some sort of classic rock station or whatever. But, you know, eventually we started listening to uh, a stand-up comedian channel and that was kind of cool, but it, it's just like two minute snippets and then it's like on to the next thing, you know? So it's, yeah, it's kind of hard because you might find a really good comedian and then they cut it short and, you know, so it's for the severe ADD people out there, I guess. But, um, I put on some music of my own cause I have some high quality stuff, uh, files and stuff and put on, you know, um, Pink Floyd, dark side of the moon a little bit and then um a couple other things i think there was like a best of shot a that i knew my dad would like so put that nice. on and yeah but we were there in in no time um but yeah something really weird happened when i was up there i stayed at this hotel uh like a wyndham hotel and oh i know what you're about to talk about that's awesome okay keep going <laughs> so the uh the second night I was there, I, I was pretty tired because I just hadn't slept. And, you know, the first night you're staying in a hotel, you don't really sleep very well. And, and sometimes you don't sleep very well in a new environment. And that's kind of how I was. So I, you know, I, I took some time the first night to go find like a local uh, drinking establishment, which was not too far from there and took a lift there and a lift back and was okay. And it helped me sleep a little bit. But the second night I was more like sleep deprived and it was a very long day of, you know, family togetherness from like nine in the morning until nine at night, you know, and you're just like ready to just be by yourself. And so I, I try going to sleep after watching several things on TV. And next thing I know, you know, I, I get up and get back in bed after going and using the restroom. And there was something that was like, like a something like a green light shining on my bed and I'm, I'm looking up thinking it's a smoke detector but I see the smoke detector and there's a really faint like green light but it's like it's like flashing on the on the inside of it and this was more of a steady light coming down almost from the right side of the room um, on top of uh, the comforter so I pulled the comforter back and then it disappeared and then it came back and it was underneath the sheet and I thought, okay, is it a like a lightning bug or something? And so I turn on the light and I pull back everything and I'm looking and I don't see anything. And so I was like, okay, that's weird. I'm like, maybe I'm just really tired and maybe I just saw something or or maybe start to see Billy Eilish. <laughs> yeah, or maybe there's something through the the uh, hotel room window that's coming in. So, but I look out there and there's just a a wall of the hotel, uh, an exterior wall that's that's right outside the window. So 
nothing could be pointing in and it's double layered, you know, like the heavy material curtains. So I shut those curtains and I'm looking everywhere else. I'm not seeing anything where this light can come from. And, uh, so I, I turn off the light about to go back in bed and I kind of like raise my arm to like kind of scratch my nose. And all of a sudden I, I saw like flashlight, like all over my arm. Uh, it was almost kind of like someone was like had a laser pointer or something. So I'm like getting real paranoid at this point. I'm like, okay, turn on the light and you know, I, and I'm not like deathly afraid or anything, but I'm just kind of spooked, you know, cause whatever it is, it's obviously it's not hurting me. So I, go over to the, uh, to, you know, a couple of like the, the paintings on the wall or the mirror that's on the wall. I'm like, okay, let's see if there's like, if this is like a see-through, like one of those type of hotels. So I, I lift it up off the wall. I'm like, nope, this is, this is just a, you know, everything was legit. So couldn't figure it out. And of course I started Googling stuff and I'm like, you know, whatever it is, I'm probably just wiped out at this point. So I finally forced myself to go to bed and that was it. But it was one of the weirdest things I've been through. That is really bonkers. Deb, you considered that it was me trying to signal you from Colorado to save me from my beautiful disaster. <laughs> yeah, I think it was a distinct SOS in uh, the Morse code. I think right, it was, was just like shining. You know? Yeah, yeah I, I, I like that. That's uh, that's good. Maybe I was trying to like astral project. You know, be like Brandon, let's record. <laughs> yeah. That that must be it. You needed that someone to save it. you. Yeah. Well, speaking of uh, of Billie Eilish, um, who will continue to be. Uh, the butt of many of my jokes, uh, <laughs> whether it's good jokes or not. Uh, she uh, she recently performed at the Brit Awards, did she not? She was with uh, Hans Zimmer and her, her brother. Yep, her brother Phineas, and then um, a guitarist. I can't remember, I can't recall his name right now, but he's a guitarist from the uh, famous Brit band, The Smiths. Um, right. And so, yeah, that happened just a few hours ago in London uh, today or I guess tonight over there in London time. So, uh, yeah, the, I think you and I had heard that she was going to be doing the theme song to no time to die, which comes out in April. And, um, you know, before that was that announcement was made a, a couple months ago, you know, you and I have been talking on here about the different bond news that been going down where, you know, rumors of production woes and, Oh, this person had an argument, and you know whatever. And yeah. then um, <laughs> this director plays video games. Yeah, yeah like that. okay. So <laughs> controversial. Yeah. Uh, so there was uh, an issue with the first person that was um, who had taken the role of composer, and he bailed out due to creative differences. And so they brought Hans Zimmer in because Hans Zimmer plays nice with everybody, and he just makes gold every time. Right. So Hans. Absolutely. Uh, he, he definitely took it, I think, because he also read the script, really liked what was there, knew this was Daniel Craig's last one. So they're going to do like they're going to throw the kitchen sink at it. And so him coming in and doing orchestral elements to it, um, you know, I, I found out that he did work with Billie Eilish and, and her brother, uh, who's also the producer. And he produced her first album all from their childhood bedroom. Um and I found that out yeah. later on. So anyways, awesome. we heard that this was going to drop. And so it finally dropped last week. I think it was last Thursday. You're right. Um, and so as soon as I heard it dropped, I went online and streamed it and checked it out. And, you know, I was just just praying that it would be semi-good. But I got goosebumps listening to this. Um, I didn't really know much about Billie Eilish going into this other than her uh, – her single, which is now a hit single, uh, bad guy, which not my cup of tea, but I'm just an old guy. So what the fuck do I know? Right. So, uh, (laughs) not a big terror pop fan. (laughs) Yeah. I don't even know how you classify it. Like genres are kind of an outdated thing these days. Cause there's so many different, uh, it's just, it's just a big mesh of, of everything. Right. Right. So yeah, going into this, I, I didn't know what to expect and I was literally blown away. Um, I thought, you know, that it, it definitely starts off like very mysterious and and brooding and dark and uh, sad and goes into where you know she really belts out like a really really strong um, note towards the end and I thought this was very uh, akin to uh, Adele Skyfall in a way where right. it had this orchestral element very you know kind of 
bluesy and somber type of tone. So anyways, I really enjoyed it. Um, and then that led me down the rabbit hole of, okay, who is this girl? And she's only 18 and it just didn't make sense in my head. And I was like, Oh, maybe I, maybe I, uh, I did the wrong thing that I shouldn't have done. And I rarely do, which I judged her by one song. And I think a did lot you of people judge her this. by those, uh, those, those, uh, spicy <laughs> memes, the, the ones where she dressed up and the people are comparing her to Mortal Kombat as a reptile. As a reptile. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, she definitely has a flair to her about that, but it's not over the top, like Lady Gaga flair. I mean, come on. Remember when she dressed up like a tree? Or she wore, you know, like Lady Gaga wore like a, a meat dress. Yeah. Which, again, like it's just like the song was deceivingly complex. A meat dress is a deceivingly <laughs> difficult word to say. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's, uh, I don't know. I, Billie Eilish is kind of a, she's intentionally an unknown, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, she, she very clearly is trying to blaze her own trail. Uh, you made a point, I think it was Interscope picked her up right yeah so uh well but before i get into what i found out about her history so that our listeners will now know a little bit more about her and maybe appreciate her a little bit more like i do what did you think of the song upon first listen um you know i'm uh, i'm definitely a view to a kill man so uh <laughs> uh it's, it's duran duran or, or bust or tina turner doing golden eye yeah exactly golden eye <laughs> <laughs> so bad <laughs> No, I, uh, I, I liked it because it was so bond and, and I, I know that it's, you know, okay. So everybody, everybody makes bond music, but if you tell me, Hey, Billie Eilish is about to make a bond song. I was expecting it to have like a music video where she was like, you know, bleeding blue shit out of her eyes and, you know, like weird, like, you know, ring style, uh, you know, editing and I, I don't, I, I get it. Like, uh, not really. I don't get it. <laughs> like she's jumping out at the, from the monitor going, Carl. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's so <laughs> weird. I, I, I mean like, okay, I, you're right. Uh, I'm just, I'm just an old man and I don't understand Billie Eilish, but what I do like is bond. And I will say that uh, while I suck at the scenic game, I do appreciate a good, <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I do appreciate a good uh, Bond song. And this is, like I said, deceivingly complex. And it has the, uh, you know, very much like the crescendo throughout the entire song uh, that Bond very much is synonymous for in a lot of different music. Um, I think Chris Cornell bucking that trend uh, is what makes it, that song such a special song you know it makes me love that song from casino rails so oh yeah much. you uh you know my name you know my name yeah yeah and, and so uh it has the tradition that i honestly thought billy eilish uh in her uh supreme reptileness would have eschewed but i am i am glad that she kind of stuck to um she does what she does she does what i'm sorry she did what she does you know, which is stick to a template, but make it her own. And, and she can do that. That's what makes a good artist, right? Is if you give someone a country song, you know, that has been around, you know, achy, breaky, heart or something, and they own it in their own way, then that makes it, a, that makes the artist good. You know, like it, it, you know what the song sounds like. So it's, it's an interesting, it's an interesting way to go about it. I think that she really, uh, she stretched her legs on it and uh and it shows uh kind of got rid of a lot of the weird showmanship and uh and stuck with just belting it out and she did a great job yeah absolutely and what's interesting too i didn't think about this before is with the daniel craig era of james bond films and i know you agree with this like i do it's unlike any other bond actor we've had and that it's very grounded, but it shows a lot of humanity. I think the only Bond that came close to that, I mean, you see it a little bit, I guess, with Connery and, um, and as well as uh, uh, Pierce Brosnan at times before he got real cheesy. But you really you see it with more. Timothy Dalton. You know, I was always yeah. I mean, I think that'd be this this point a long time ago. You know that that uh, 
and we had this conversation, but I, I think it's important to recall that fact that if you're a Timothy Dalton Bond guy, you're probably a Daniel Craig Bond guy. Yeah. And vice versa. Yeah. Because there's this broodingness that comes to it. And, you know, with, with Craig's Bond, you see him just very confident and cocky in the beginning. And then, of course, he goes through loss after he falls in love with Vesper. And then he's just constantly trying to find himself after that. Um, but he's, you know, he's always doing things for queen and country, of course. Um, but it's just, there's, there's musically, you look at all the, the theme songs that have happened from Chris Cornell to now Billie Eilish. I mean, looking over like Adele, Sam Smith was probably my least favorite. It just didn't yeah. make sense, especially with Spectre. I, I like Spectre, but it definitely wasn't the strongest of the films. Um, but that beginning scene where they're in the helicopter and they go through like the streets of Mexico and it goes through this really intense action sequence. And then he looks at the ring and then it goes into like this really sad Sam Smith song for no reason. It didn't make any sense. Yeah. It was so, sad. It was high pitched in the Sam Smith kind of way. And yeah, yeah, I was, it was, it was, it was definitely, annoying. <laughs> it, it, yeah, it was a little annoying, uh, but I say it was jarring, yeah, you know, yeah, after, there you go. after the audience got their ass kicked, you know, <clears throat> for, the first probably 10 minutes. Yeah. You know, and, and then it was just like some kind of like weird ballad thing. I was just not, it's not my jam. Yeah. Thematically it just didn't, it didn't mesh. Like it didn't, it's supposed to match like with Adele and Skyfall, he gets shot by money penny, you know, right. agent falls down, off the train, yeah. falls into the water, down the waterfall. And then it's kind of like, then it goes into the whole intro Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and the, so it matched, you know, and then you right. come to find out what Skyfall is and it's something personal. So comparing that to like this song with no time to die, you know, obviously it's very personal what we see in the trailer with, uh, Leia Sado's character that he's been with. And obviously she has a secret, you know, there's no, there's definitely nothing that's spoiling that from what we see in the trailer. And so she's hiding it, it comes out and it's almost like, you know, Fool me once, won't fool me twice, you know. Um, so it's uh I, I think this is gonna thematically mesh perfectly, just like Adele Skyfall did with the intro. But, well, the, the secret that she knows is that Remy Malik is in fact Freddie Mercury. <laughs> that's what it is. That's he, that's he wears it. the mask and nobody knows he's still alive. Right, that's it. And yeah. then and then takes it off and everybody sees that, you know, gorgeous mustache, <laughs> beautiful, shiny teeth, and yeah, God, it just starts cramming in radio gaga it's oh, gonna yeah. be great yeah. so and, and not to go too far down this path but you know obviously after i heard this song i was very impressed and i listened to it several times looking for you know listen to my headphones listen, listening to different elements of okay they definitely had brass here and you know that kind of stuff and then finding out that han zimmer was involved with you know composing this piece uh definitely made a lot more sense and so i'm a lot more excited about if this is the theme that's going to be throughout the movie, because I think it's definitely going to work well, as, as well as I want to see what Hans does during the action scenes as well. Uh, but what's uh, what's interesting is I went down the rabbit hole of who is Billie Eilish, you know, this 18-year-old, and she just won five Grammys, like Album of the Year, New Artist of the Year, all this stuff. And the reptile it, hole, right? It, that's what you meant to say? Yeah, it, but, you know, looks aside, uh, and again, She's 18, but she's she's one where she's rebellious and she's acting out by not dressing the part, not wanting to be the plastic airhead that was and probably still is Britney Spears or Christina Aguilera or having to dress a certain way. And so that's why it's perfect that Interscope, Jimmy Iovine, of course, who founded Interscope, signed her and let her record in the bedroom of, of their home, of uh, her childhood home, still lives with her parents, and her brother is like this amazing producer and, and musician. And it, it just, it all of it just kind of made sense. So I watched like this Rolling Stone interview they did, and then um, uh, the uh, car, carpool karaoke that, uh, that what's-his-name does um, on, was it the Late, late Show? I don't know. You're like, killing me. Yeah, it, it doesn't matter. So, you know, the yeah, he, he doesn't matter. Billy, Ellis everybody knows who does the karaoke thing. So so they have fun with it. They actually go to her childhood home, which happens to be in L.A. And uh, she freaks him out because she has a pet spider and puts it on his hand and he's just freaking out. And that part was funny. But you see where they're writing. They wrote on the wall the entire um, album flow and getting the, the flow down and 
the song titles and all that. And the Rolling Stone interview, it was them of how they created, you know, Bad Guy as well as her album together. And it's her and her brother going through it and talking about it. And just how meticulous they were. Like, it, it really took things from, like, a very low level from being impressed to I'm, like, super impressed. As a musician, I, I became super impressed in terms of, like, the amount of just craftsmanship they have. And so it showed like videos back to when she was a little girl, she would just get on camera and sing. And you come to find out like she actually, uh, struggles with Tourette's. Uh, she has yep. Tourette's not to where she streams, you know, F words. You, you kind of can just have muscle spasms and stuff, but it's something she's always struggled with. Uh, but the, the karaoke one was really good because she actually pulls out a ukulele and plays some Beatles songs and sings, and she's got an amazing voice. So it's just really, it's it's fresh and it's interesting to see like a young artist kind of stay in that environment and that environment of like love and support. And now that she has all this success, I hope she continues doing that instead of uh, going out on her own and falling in with the wrong crowd, getting into drugs and that kind of thing. So it's also called low handing, <laughs> right? L- yeah, yeah. Low handing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lindsay low handing. Yeah. Or Britney Spearsing. however you want to do it. You know, you shave your head and you wonder what the hell happened to you, you know? Well, if Billie Eilish shaves her head, let's be honest, it's probably on brand for her. So maybe. And so that's kind of what, what I'm thinking is she's just doing this as kind of like a, you know, it's like an F you to like, you know, wanting to dress she wants to dress the way she wants to dress and not the way that people want her to dress right type thing. i can dig that yeah so anyways i i was pretty impressed and um you know definitely definitely look forward to seeing what else she does as she continues to mature and starts to you know hone in on her craft even more as she gets older absolutely i um i can absolutely respect the person without loving the product Mm-hmm. And I think that's the most important thing to take away from this and vice versa is, you know, uh, you can love the product. Uh, Tom Cruise is a good example. That. <laughs> that, can, that's a real good example. You can love, you can love the, or, or uh, now I'm just going to stick with Tom Cruise because if I like throw in like John Travolta, like that's going to just be a mess. I can't yeah. muddy the waters too much. Right. But Tom Cruise uh, is certainly unique and uh and a little polarizing at times certainly not the p- most polarizing figure in today's cinema but uh he puts out a great product uh it's certainly a consistent product and i think that's to be lauded um even if you don't love the person doing it so i think you can it definitely is of benefit when you're trying to take in somebody's artwork that you can actually separate the person who did it uh, versus the uh, actual product itself. Well, uh, you can't always do that, obviously, but yeah. I mean, you can try. You know what's really interesting? I just found out like the last 24 hours is that over the weekend, um, so the last movie that Paramount had that made $80 million in a weekend was the last Mission Impossible, Mission Impossible Fallout. So it's been 18 months since then. And since then, the movie that has now suddenly woken up Paramount and made $70 million over the weekend, Sonic the Hedgehog. My boy. Isn't that crazy? That's awesome. The movie that we all thought was going to be like the biggest pile of shit and had production woes like no other, including Sonic not even looking like Sonic. Right. And Jim Carrey, like you know, who knows if it was even going to work. But yeah, I, I'm hearing more and more that the reason to see it is Jim Carrey and that he just goes off as Robotnik and it's it's the best thing since sliced bread. So I've heard that if you like the video games, you actually would like the movie and it's yeah. not like kind of a you know Super Mario Brothers thing. You know, oh, that's you, good. You, you, you the watch reptilians? It yeah, they're, yeah. <laughs> you're, watch, you're watching hey, it. It came full you know, circle. Like, Bob Hoskins is like flying around with, you know, John with bombs or some shit. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not... It's not taking like a massive liberty with the source material and it respects it, which, uh, yes, I said respects the source material. And it's a story about a blue hedgehog that runs really fast in the jungle zone. So that is uh, better than blue people. (laughs) (sighs) Yeah, I had to do it. You son of a bitch. If (laughs) you know what, though, the best, the best part about, uh, avatar would be a sonic beta cameo yeah yeah uh, I, would be okay. I would be okay with that yep 
I, I would it's be all, okay with it's that all too. CG anyway. Why don't they just like you know yeah throw him in there and he just yells like got to go fast and people will be like standing up applauding. Ah, James Cameron's a control freak, so yeah, that's fine. It's um it's exactly the kind of product that you think you're gonna get out of that. Anyway, it already you've upset me because we talked about <laughs> Avatar. <laughs> Can we talk about a real movie? Let's do it. All right. Uh, that's not that. Uh, let's talk about the first reactions to the Batman suit with uh, Mr. Robert Pattinson. Yeah. So that came out, I think, around the same time. I think it was like Thursday or Friday of last week. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Mr. Matt Reeves, the director extraordinaire, uh, posted this originally on Vimeo. And as well as I think it, it got like an entry with, uh, I think it was Vogue. It was Vogue magazine or something. I guess he has like a good relation with them. Or is it Variety? I think it's Variety. Probably Variety. Yeah. Uh, and so they, they posted it and, you know, I knew it was going to be like a teaser type of thing. We're not going to get a full look. And sure enough, that's what it was. So it was very reminiscent of the first teaser of Joaquin Phoenix as the Joker. Because right. you don't really see what he's wearing. You just see a little bit of what his face looks like. And that's about it. Yep. So, yeah, going into this, I was kind of like, I don't think I was in the right mindset to, I wasn't ready mentally to to take it all in. Mm-hmm. And so I watched it, and I, I think the first time I watched it, I was leaving work, and I watched it on my phone, which, big mistake, but I couldn't help it, right? I, right. I'm too excited. Right. You got to do it now, yeah. I, I should have, like, gone home, you know, turn out the lights in my room, you know, turn everything on my 34 inch ultra wide monitor and, and get ready and pull up the popcorn. But instead I had to do it on my phone. Light up that Yankee candle. <laughs> that Yankee you know? can't. Yeah. That Batman, that bat scented Yankee <laughs> bat blood Yankee candle. Yeah. 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 Oh God. Sweet, sweet Yankee candle. All right. You're, you're like throw your sensi <laughs> on. Is that it? Yeah. My, my sensi. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, well, you got you to gotta have the right ambiance. Right. So anyways, uh, the watching it the first time, uh, I was I was a little underwhelmed. But at the same time, I had to remind myself this is just a teaser. It's not going to be like where they're going to go over the entire anatomy of the suit, you know. Um, but one thing I didn't pay attention to that I did uh, over the next repeated viewings. And then when I found the Vimeo video, which by the way, if you go to Vimeo and and look for the bat suit video posted by Matt Reeves, you can watch it up to 4k quality. So much better than what you could find on shitty old YouTube. Uh, Just FYI. Uh, But anyways, uh, upon like repeatedly playing it, the music really sets the tone to it and I was like I I really like this piano and this is this is really good you know and come to find out it's it was done by composer uh uh Michael Giacchino um and hopefully that's a little bit of the theme and maybe it's a tease of the theme I don't know and the director of cinematography actually filmed the teaser uh Greg uh, Fraser so I thought that was real cool that Matt used his actual team and this wasn't just like people that were there and, and two, it's like, I, you never know if this was done like during the first audition casting or if this is the legit suit. And so at first I, I couldn't tell if it was the legit suit because the cow looked a little different to me and it looked, it did. It looked closer to like a, like the daredevil cow for some reason, because I guess the stitching or something. Yeah. But, the the yeah. stitching it was almost like seamed, you know, around yeah. the, around the nose and everything like that. And it really lacked any kind of uh, chin, you know, strap kind of stuff going on there. So it, it definitely had a unique look, which I, I certainly can appreciate. Um, there were no bat nipples, which I'm not okay with. <laughs> uh, and if if they could already just confirm that there was like a bat express card in the movie, I oh, think God. I'd be more on board with it. It's too many Joel Schumacher references for the yeah. day. Are you just are you tired? No, of it? no, I'm done with I'm done with Schumacher. Okay, you're just so like much. I'm just absolutely beating you over the head. <laughs> yep. Since you brought up Avatar. Um, yeah, fair. That's fair. Yeah. So, uh, okay. So this is important. It got everybody really uh, in the zone to do this Batman shoot. Everybody was involved in it that needed to be involved, and then it was is very cool. But there's one thing that you haven't talked about yet, and that is his insignia on his chest why is that important that's right so the that's that's kind of the the big burning question every time there's a new bat suit like what's the what's the bat insignia or the bat symbol going to look like right um 
I personally wasn't a fan. I get what they were going for with Batman v Superman as well as uh, Justice League, you know, with with Ben Affleck's bat suit and and you know it, you kind of had that that bigger fatter bat on the front, which is uh, pretty much the the same uh, symbol or logo that they took from uh, you know Dark Knight Returns and and the Frank Miller comic. So I get what they were going for there. I personally, I always felt like that the Christian Bale bat suit and the Dark Knight trilogy was my favorite. But obviously, you know, because I'm such a, a Batman diehard graphic novel fan, you know, I like everything from like Jim Lee's version in the Hush comics to uh, Batman Noel. And I heard a rumor that this was going to kind of reminisce a little bit from Batman Noel. But to me, honestly, looking at the suit with the armor and everything, it looks pretty close to what you find in the Batman Arkham games, which I'm a huge fan of. So yeah. I'm very happy with this. And I've heard rumors that that the ears, which they don't really show in the teaser, but they're, they're Gothic and they're a little long. Um, mm -hmm. so we'll see what they look like, but it sounds cool, but yeah. So as far as the bat symbol goes on his chest, I really dug it. Um, I really liked how spread out it is, but it's very angular and it's got sharp edges, uh, as well as in the middle of it is this, it had a very metallic sort of shine to it, you know, and that's what what I took from away from the first time. But after repeat of viewings, I'm kind of like, well, what are those different little intricate parts there, like towards the center? What are, what's what is it connecting to? And right, it, it looks like something, but what is it? And so I started, of course, you know, going online and seeing, you know, what some people had a theory of, and. Uh, on a few different websites, people, their theory is that the bat symbol is the gun that killed Bruce Wayne's parents, the gun that Joe Chill used to, to kill his parents. So mm. I found out that this actually did happen in the comics that, uh, I think it was Detective Comics number 1000, Bruce Wayne, um, Batman, goes to uh, the Gotham PD and, and finds, I guess, where that gun is kept sometime, somewhere in the archives and steals it and instead of keeping it for himself, because Alf Alfred's like, you know, this is a bit too dark even for you, he ends up melting it down instead and uses it as an armor plating behind, like, the yellow, you know, and black uh, bat symbol that he had on, on his costume back then and said that, you know, this isn't going to be used to do anyone any harm anymore and it's going to be used instead to protect me, you know, as protection. Um, but because this involves my parents, I'm going to keep it close to my heart. So that's the theory. And you can kind of see it in the details where it kind of looks like the, the grip and the, the butt of what appears to be possibly like closer to like maybe a 1911. That's kind of what it looks like to me. Cause you kind of, you can kind of see the hammer. If you look at the, uh, if you find a color correction photo and you look at the, uh, top left, like if you're looking at it. Um, edge before it swoops back down it kind of looks like the hammer of a gun yeah i certainly got the hammer from it you know and the and the handle almost looked uh unique mm -hmm. you know to a uh to something that may have actually existed in in that world you know and, and it's i mean it's very stylized but cool and, and yeah i think that that's not a bad take to think that that is you know a, a disassembled or reconstituted firearm so I think it's a, I think it's a really good, good move. I, I think it's the whole thing seems like the intent is to bring it even more grounded than the Christian Bale movies, which is interesting because at the time, you know, how could you make it more grounded? But right. uh, we're going to, we're going to give it our, our best go. Let's talk about the other DC elephant in the room. May we? Sure. Let's do it. So uh, you went to go see the Birds of Prey. I did recently, and uh, I, they recently changed the name, obviously, to Harley Quinn Birds of Prey. We can get into that here in a second. But what did you uh, what did you think about that movie? Uh, so going into it, I was hoping it would be better than Suicide Squad. It definitely achieves that, and then some. Um, I it definitely impressed me for many different reasons. Uh, there were a few things I wasn't impressed with. Like I felt like the casting choice of Cassandra Kane didn't really, I don't know, didn't really do it for me, but as far as like an ensemble group of the, the women all meeting together, I thought they all really 
brought their own into the roles and i i thought it they were all really well crafted um ewan mcgregor's black mask was really really good and and frightening because he's one way and a nice guy one second and the next thing he's like telling victor zaz his main henchman like yeah go ahead and cut their faces off and so he'll yeah. just go and cut them off and i'm like okay this is why it's rated r and i'm like this is what i was used to and seeing like actual dc comics or even like the black label dc comics so um, it, it really impressed me. I, f- I feel like, uh, Kathy Yan, the director did a really good job with it. Uh, but the, as far as the ending goes, it just kind of ends pretty, pretty suddenly. Um, but it, yeah. it builds up and it's, uh, as far as how it's narrated and, and the story progresses, it very much reminded me of kiss, kiss, bang, bang, where it starts oh, going nice. and he's like, he's like, Oh, wait a minute. Oh, I always screw this up. Uh, I suck yep. at this anyways. And it goes back and they, so Harley is basically explaining everything. And from the crazy mind of who she is. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if they were doing that on purpose, trying to um, emulate or, or take sort of like a template of what kiss, kiss, bang, bang did. And I don't think any reviewers really brought that up because they, they, they still see it as jarring of, how she'll tell a story and then go, oh, wait, you know, before I got to this moment where I'm inside Gotham PD shooting people with, you know, sandbags or whatever, let me explain who this character is, who, the, who this this girl is, whatever. And uh, so I thought everything was well done, very fleshed out, and it definitely felt like I was reading a DC comic, you know? Um, awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, there were some things to it that could have been better, but uh, I was really impressed because... Uh, Margot Robbie was one of the executive producers on this. She's the one who pushed for this back when they were filming Suicide Squad in 2015 and pushed for this to be an R-rated film. And then thankfully we got Deadpool. So yep. WB paid attention. Now we see Joker set the the record for, you know, the, the highest grossing rated R film worldwide. And then this happened. So I'm hoping that this continues the trend because going back to that, you know, that teaser, the bat suit and the music and just how brooding and i don't know i i just get a vibe that this could be a rated r batman film and it's something i've always hoped and dreamed would happen and i'm hoping that's what happens you know who's old enough to get into rated r movies who's that audible audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership just go to audibletrial.com forward slash sln and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs Download a title free and start listening. It's that easy. I don't think so, you yes. could put any age limit on Audible. No, I don't. Well, and that's uh, that's a tough call, man. I don't know what kind of uh, <laughs> what kind of literature they got in there. I'm do sure not, they got some steamy stuff. Not, I don't know. Yeah, I was gonna say, do not quote us on that Audible. We cannot we cannot verify that uh, that none of your you know product is is uh, age restricted. So <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so we've got a, we've got a really important thing that we need to talk about before we go. We do. Absolutely. Um, thanks to, uh, Brandon's, uh, capable, capable hands. We were able to, uh, make a appointment with Lego masters. Why don't you explain exactly what we're going to be doing here for our audience? Yeah, so I, I teased this, uh, I think, on our last episode that I was going to the Lego Masters watch party, and my friend Amy, um, who I've known since childhood, uh, ended up as a contestant and competitor on the show with her friend Crystal, uh, also from the Dallas area. So found out they were on the show and got invited to the watch party, and I was like, you know what? I, you know, I host and have a co-host with a, a podcast I've been doing for over a year, um, it'd be amazing if I could interview both of you and that way we get to know, you know, our listeners can get to know you as well as everybody else when they discover us, uh, get to know y'all a little bit as well as, you know, how this whole thing came to be with Lego masters and this amazing opportunity. And she was like, yeah, that'd be a lot of fun. And she, you know, so she was game for it, but she's like, but you got to go through the Fox and Lego PR people and they got to approve it and get everything set up. And I'm like, okay. So it took a little bit, it, you know, it it took probably like a little over a month to get everything kind of all set up and then trying to find the right time. Um, because right now, you know, we're, uh, two episodes into the season and it's just been amazing. The going to the watch be three. 
yeah, going to the watch party itself was awesome and, and seeing all of the friends and family there to support both of them uh, was great. But it's been, you know, they definitely have one of the, the best teams there and they both get along well and they have really amazing communication skills. So I'm really excited to see the rest of the season. Um, so that being said, you know, both of them are having to travel quite a bit to do press tours and all this other stuff, uh, as well as their day jobs on top of that. So um, I can only imagine where they're probably barely getting any sleep, but anyways, we've finally, um, scheduled a date to where we're going to, uh, meet with them. We're actually going to be meeting, uh, at Amy's house and we're going to be doing, this interview with them. Um, I've come up, uh, Carl and I have come up with some really, really amazing questions. I feel like it's going to be a lot of fun, really looking forward to it. Uh, it's probably going to be uh, probably close to an hour. I would, I would say, uh, I think we're just going to have a lot of fun getting to know them and, and talk to them. And I can't wait for all of you listeners out there to, uh, check this out. We're also going to record this. We're having J Mac in tow and he's going to record this for YouTube. Um, so, uh, we're going to be doing this Thursday night, and then over this weekend, uh, J-Mac and I are going to be editing the thing. Uh, we're going to get the video edited, the audio edited, and we'll get it both out to YouTube as well as all of your streaming uh, preferences, uh, I would say, by Sunday to Sunday afternoon. So awesome. definitely looking forward to it. Uh, so stay tuned, and definitely follow our social media. We'll be posting all over the place definitely plugging this and, and getting it out there so you guys can enjoy it and share it with anybody that you think would be interested in it as well. Absolutely. I am, uh, I'm very much looking forward, uh, to meeting them and, uh, hopefully, you know, getting the opportunity to share, uh, their story with all of you. It's going to be a great time. Yeah, it's going to be because they have a very, uh, very endearing story that both of them do. So I think uh, everybody will be able to relate to them in, in a lot of ways. Uh, it's going to be, I, th- I already know it's close to our hearts. So uh, Absolutely. definitely looking forward to it. Yeah, no, I think, uh, I think we are about done here. Pretty, pretty excited about going to, to bring that to everybody. And uh, of course, watch Lego masters, uh, you know, go, go, it's every Wednesday, right? Yeah. It comes on every Wednesday on Fox. Uh, and that starts at 8 PM central, 9 PM Eastern. Absolutely. Well, thank you. Yeah. It's going to be fun, man. I'm looking forward to it, but we want to thank most importantly, all of you out there who have stayed with us again. Uh, we apologize for, you know, not being around for two weeks, but, uh, uh, it's well worth the wait because we have a lot of good things coming, uh, especially like we mentioned with this interview. But uh, I think we have a lot to talk about. It's going to be a fun year, like we said, with movies and everything. It's already This is already one of the most interesting episodes we've done. Uh, we've had a lot to talk about and a lot of different things to go into. So, again, thank all of y'all out there. Carl, thank you as always. Thank you. And we will catch you guys next time on Sensibly Loud Radio.